0: This podcast may not be suitable for all listeners. Discretion is advised. What you hear on Cold Truth, it is subjective. It is based on the perception of myself, the interviewees, and what is available to us, the public. We are not law enforcement, prosecutors, or judges. They are the ones, the only ones that are tasked with the responsibility of serving out justice. My goal is to tell these victims' stories to the best of my ability and to gather as many facts as I can. On this episode of Cold Truth, I will be joined by Miss C today. She is a longtime resident of Candlestick. She lived there at the time that Shannon disappeared and remains there to this day. I have decided to break this interview up into a three-part series. Tonight is part one. Part two will be on Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. And at 9 p.m., we will have a live call-in with Miss C on my YouTube channel. The link will be in the description. I am here with C today. C, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Well, let's see. I moved from Birmingham, Alabama, to Montgomery in 1974, and then I moved to Plantville probably 20 years uh, later. Worked in healthcare for 44 years. Played sports pretty much all my life, and so and there's not really, really anything exciting. I just a normal everyday person, really.
0: Well, I think it's your personality that's so exciting.
1: Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so how we'll long see about that? <laughs> oh, I'm sure we will. And everyone else too. <laughs> <laughs> Forewarning. How long have you lived in Candlestick? Twenty some odd years. So you were there when Shannon went missing in two thousand and one.
1: Yes, and I'll never ever forget that day. It seems like it's was just yesterday, and it's re- it's really sad, you know, Mel, It's I don't know how to express it. I mean, unless you lived here, you would never understand what we went through, and and those poor kids. These friends of Shannon's and what they went through and how they are now—it's awful. Right, I feel so sorry for them.
0: I know, right? I do too. They're so scared still to this day.
1: Yeah, and they're going to have PTSD for the rest of their lives. Do a little bit of cecism here,
0: of course. Love a good cecism.
1: All right, this is some cecism for everyone that's listening. You know, it was awful. What happened to Shannon? In Shannon's family. No one, no one should ever have to go through that. Hang's crime. It's awful. What folks did, not just people living here in Candlestick, but people outside of Candlestick, pointing their fingers and saying it's the Davis's fault, it's the Davis's fault. They didn't have adequate security and yada, 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 yada. They all but ruined this business. And I know one thing that's an out and out fabrication. Because those people were down here helping the best they could for Shannon. They even put a deck on Marie's house. Did some other things for Marie. And what is so bad even to this day? Mail in like the Pratt will uncut page there's people out there saying it's still saying it's the Davis's fault. It's the Davis's fault. They should have had cameras up. Well here's my question. Where are your cameras in your neighborhood? I tell you, Unless you're in a gated neighborhood there aren't any. And there right. is no way in Hades this was the Davis's fault. So I'm asking you if you're one of those folks that did that, to call Corky's and apologize, ask for Jan or Lori and say mm-hmm. I'm sorry. You don't have to say who you are. Mm-hmm. Just say I'm sorry. And if they're not available, leave it with the receptionist. I guarantee you they'll know what you're talking about. But those people have heart, and they did what they could, and they shouldn't be blamed. And that's you know that's irritating. Enough of is.
0: <laughs> and just so our viewers are clear, who she is speaking of are the owners of candlestick. Correct. I have actually heard that they even gave Marie, which I think, I mean can you even imagine having to worry about bills at that time, that they had given her a few months up to maybe six months of free rent?
1: I had heard that they had helped her with the rent. Mm -hmm. I don't know how Long or how much, right? But I had heard that from more, uh, from more than one source. Uh, I heard it from um, some friends and some families of the Pops, But I do know they did build that deck for them because Jan Davis herself said that there's no way that the deck they had on their on the house that currently mm-hmm. then could hold the amount of traffic. So right. they built a bigger deck.
0: And that's not something that they would do. They just did that out of the kindness of their heart. It doesn't come with the house you know what i'm saying like they did that because they wanted to help
1: exactly i yeah. mean th- you know, let me give you another example of how big-hearted these people are we had a major flood here and they made sure and i was in birmingham they made sure i got notified and i get back here and they're telling me what i need to do and all this kind of stuff jade is out on a bulldozer or something scraping up mud and everything else and i mean they're help out here helping clean mm-hmm. up the place they even had a uh, a meeting down at the uh, park mm-hmm. for the residents. I mean, they are big-hearted people, and I you know I don't care what anybody says, and I'll defend them. So if you want to say something bad about them, come on, but get ready. And, you know, I've been very fortunate over the years in meeting people. You know, whether I treated them or whether they work with me, and I very seldom ever ask anything of them, but since this Justice for Shannon got going. I have reached out to two in the media, and I'm about to reach out to a third one who works mm-hmm. for a radio, cumulus radio out of Tennessee, to see mm-hmm. if I can get him to join in our little group.
0: Well, and you already um, got Rick Hendrick, yeah. which is huge. So, I
1: mean, I, I, I'm, I'm looking, and I'm looking, and I'm looking, and you got people that are connected here and connected there. I'm not connected. I just have
0: friends. You're connected. you got friends in low and high places. <laughs>
1: <laughs> me <Maybe> low <laughs> no i just i like i was brought up that way my mom always taught me to always be nice to people and be friendly with them you right. know and sometimes it's hard to do whenever somebody's mean to you and yeah. I, like anybody else i can get defensive too but but uh you know i have some good friends i really have to admit uh the lord has blessed
0: me with that and since you still live there What was the impact of Shannon's kidnapping and and murder on Candlestick?
1: It was horrible. All the fun stuff, like the neighbors helping neighbors, the kid out and kids running around all over the place. It was gone. It was gone. It was like somebody had taken a light switch and flipped it off. Hmm. And, I mean, like I told you one day that, I mean, you'd have neighbors. They'd be out grilling and they'd share the food with you. I had a neighbor that knew I was working on an Easter or a Fourth of July. And she literally cooked me lunch before I went to work to make sure I had something for the holiday. Aww. That was the type of people that lived in this park. Aww. Sure did. That's Wonderful so people out here. It really was. And we always looked at them for each other. You know, they, and that's something else. Now, everybody keeps talking. Why didn't somebody see something? Well, I got my theory on that one, too. And we'll get to that, too.
0: <laughs> we will. <laughs> before, Shannon. I know you probably listened to my last episode, you know, when I talked about the how people do they bring up like there's the before Shannon and then the after Shannon. And I know, you know, with what you just said, and with your career, though, as well, studied a little bit of human behavior. Yes. What's your take on why anyone would blame the neighborhood owners, or the police, or anyone but the killer?
1: At that point in time, Mel, it's natural. It's it's human instinct. Somebody wants somebody to blame right then. I mean, right then. And... They're the first person in line, and so that is the reason for that, and I and I think that's what they did, but they just reached out, but there's no sense in them continuing to the blame like that, because I just got into an argument with somebody on Facebook a month ago about this, mm-hmm. and so, I mean, it, there's no sense in them continuing to do that. When they first did it, I, I knew why they were doing it. I get it, and that's human nature, but pointing the fingers at the wrong person, that was what was wrong, but I get why they did it, and I get why they all moved in mm-hmm. a hurry i get that they wanted right. to think Didn't think the place was safe this place has been safe yeah. that was what happened to shannon is the first i think major crime thing of this nature that ever happened to problem yeah so come on guys
0: mm-hmm. uh Bama mike just released a video um, uh-huh. on youtube for shannon and, and in there he had said you know people didn't lock their doors here no they didn't before shannon he sure did afterwards, and it seems like the neighborhood just really absorbed a lot of the impact of that. You know, of just nothing was ever the same. And no, it hasn't
1: been. I think Wesley the other day said that when he's coming home from work, you could see down here, and it looked like candles being lit, had been lit the way it was. You could pass by this place and never even know it was here because mm-hmm. it was a quiet community. Mm-hmm. We were just like our own little world down here. Yeah. If we'd have had our own grocery store and post office, you'd have never known we were here. <laughs> yeah. I'm serious, or it was to me
0: anyway. Right, and he had he, I mean, he had said something about that too. Of when he was there, he was doing some recording in Candlestick, and he said, "You know, people are looking at me. You know, suspicious." Huh? Even still to this day, like, hey, why, why are you here? What are you doing?
1: Exactly, and then, like I said, I work in healthcare, so we're taught, in my field, to observe things because it can affect the patient if I'm not observing things. Mm-hmm. And so I'm taught, and plus my brother's background, so and friends of mine's background in police, you know, mm-hmm. that I'm taught if I see something that's out of place to look at it, and that's what I do. I look and listen, right. and that's what everybody, and I guarantee you. If somebody would take the flipping blinders off and stop the tunnel vision and do like they said with the Dixie chicks in that song they had, eyes wide open, I guarantee you (laughs) you'll start remembering something.
0: Right. That's a very good point. Eyes wide open. I love it. In the first episode, getting to know Shannon, I feel it's important to to concentrate on that victimology first, because if you can understand the victim then that can sometimes help you to identify potential suspects and the risk factors and things like that.
1: I didn't know Shannon personally, but I did know her from observing her from my porch mm-hmm. or from my front door or my back door. She'd walk down the street, front street. She'd walk mm-hmm. right down Dodgers, turn right on the uh, Braves, and go right on the Astros. I'd see her frequently, at least two or three times a week. Mm-hmm. She'd wave, and I'd wave. She if she saw my pups out in the backyard, she'd sometimes she'd come over and pet them through the fence. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't talk to her. I, you know, I'd wave better and say hi. But as far as having a conversation, no, don't ask me why. I just didn't. But sometimes it's best not to do those things. And
0: yeah, seems like a lot of other people have gotten in trouble for just being kind to a little girl.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly, and there it goes. Because the people start pointing, well, you, you, you. Wait, just a minute! Stop this dang finger pointing, would you? It's just a case in point. Remember when we were talking? I told you, I said what I remembered when I was leaving for work that day. All right, How would have I remembered that had I had tunnel vision? I wouldn't have. I would not have seen those three vehicles. I would not have seen the patrol car leaving. I wouldn't have seen that. Right. So, and that's right. I mean, if you got eyes wide open, I guarantee you, somebody saw something. There's no other way around it. Right. They
0: saw I definitely want to get into that, but I wanted to backtrack just for a second. Okay. When you did see Shannon, did you often see her by herself, or was she with friends, or adults, or family members, or.
1: By herself.
0: By herself? Always. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what did you see that day? And you just mentioned a little bit of it. What time did you leave for work that day?
1: Between 1 and 15 okay. And as I was going out, you have to turn right on the candlestick way to leave. On the left-hand side, there was a blue-green truck okay. with a man standing outside of it uh, and two white vans that had writing on it. Mm-hmm. And I think one of them said "eating." but in order for me to have gotten the full name of either one of those vans, I would have had to turn completely around in my driver's seat to look backward to see. Right. They, there was no way I could have seen it going up the hill. So and then of course I saw a patrol car. They okay. had turned left in front of me going up the hill. So
0: was that patrol car leaving Candlestick? Yes. Just yes. With you? I don't
1: know. It's, yeah, I don't know who it was it belonged to. I don't know if they were just doing uh, routine patrol because they mm-hmm. did do routine patrol here. Oh wow. Uh, so I don't know if it was that or if it was some officer that lived out here somewhere or some mm-hmm. officer that's visiting a buddy or something. I don't know. All well, I know is it was a police uh, patrol car.
0: And it very well could have been, I, I call him Max on the other episodes because I don't like to name people's names that haven't uh-huh. been named in the media or uh-huh. that don't have a relevant criminal record. Uh, Max, the last person to see her, he was a Prattville police officer. I'm assuming he would be driving uh-huh. a patrol car. And uh-huh. he says that he left for work around 115 as well. So I would imagine you were seeing him.
1: It could have been that uh, I couldn't get a confirmed visual on his face or anything.
0: Mm-hmm. Because he was
1: turning left and going
0: out. Okay. But it, still, it was a, a patrol car. So, I'm assuming... It was a black and white. Okay. There was only... It could have only been a few. Yeah. And, and with his account of leaving, that would kind of back that up that he did leave. You know, when he said he did, the two vans and the truck, had you seen them before? Like, were they local? Were, did they work for Horkies Or... I would say that...
1: I cannot confirm, but I was well, if they had riding on the side of them, I know one of them did for sure mm-hmm. uh one of the vans, then I would say no, that one didn't because uh they uh had white vans and red trucks, Corkys did now, this was a blue green truck, but it had been introduced into the fleet from what I've heard, but have since learned a little bit more about blue green trucking and or the possibility of the driver so so I'm not really going to disclose that information at this point in time, but the two vans. Like I said, one of them had what would appear to be eating, and I couldn't no more tell you what the second man I than a man in the moon.
0: On the 16th, what time did you get home from work that day?
1: I think I got home from work early because I was supposed to get off at 11. But I think I got home from work early because they had said that the police wanted to talk to the residents. Mm -hmm. And so I came on home. And told them what I had seen. And that was about it.
0: So this was? It's you... probably
1: nine thirty, ten o'clock.
0: Okay. So pretty quick after. So police got yeah, there at 9. Were,
1: they were wanting to ask questions. The police officer came by and talked to me. Remember, he was dressed in civilian clothes. I don't know who he was. I can't remember who he was, but I know mm-hmm. he didn't take any notes. But I just told, told him what I saw when I was leaving. I didn't know if it had anything to do with it. And that was about it, really. So.
0: Did you search for Shannon that night?
1: No, I did not, but I did. I sort of have a disability, okay. and if I had gone out to try to search in the dark, I would have probably broke my dang neck. Mm. Uh, but anyway, but I did see a person or two out uh, searching, okay. and one of, them, one of them I did have a conversation with.
0: Oh, you did? Yes. One of the people that were searching on the night of the 16th? Yes. Oh, okay. Um, do you want to talk about that, or...?
1: Yeah, well, you know, it was just the first the each we knew each other. Okay. And um and so I asked him how he was doing because he had two kids too. Mhm. And um and so I know how and you could he had tears in his eyes. He really did. And he was out hunting for Shannon. Mhm. And he just mumbled something, you know, this is so sad. Never. And Yeah. And I just told him, I said, man, keep your chin up. And he said, if you want to talk, you know where I live. And you know I got a front and back door. You're always welcome. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, it was really sad to see a grown man like that, too. He's the one I talked to that day. And, of course, I did a little bit of a chit-chat the next day with him because he was out searching again. So,
0: Okay. Was he with anyone? Was it like a pretty the big group of people first, you saw the that first, night?
1: The, that night the sixteenth he had mm-hmm. there was somebody there with him, but i I don't remember who it was,
0: okay, and did anyone else knock on your door to ask if Shannon was at your house? Just
1: absolutely not,
0: but the police did come and talk to you
1: after I called them to tell them I was at home and come on down.
0: Oh okay, I got gotcha.
1: you i had to i called them
0: The person you were talking about, I mean every parent in there, it seemed like there was a lot of kids living in there. And I'm sure they're all just thinking, well, for one, they know Shannon. They love Shannon. And then they're thinking, oh, my God, like this could have easily been my child. And just the where in the world could she be with such you know, a like, tight-knit place so unexpected?
1: You know, it's, it's it's really something. I mean, if the amount of kids that were in here at that time. I mean, it wasn't nothing to see them riding around on the bikes or running down the street. And you could go out my back door and see to the- the uh, bus stop,
0: really? from
1: where from my back porch was, yeah. And you'd always see them out there around the bus stop mm-hmm. before they got picked up for school. I mean, it was a happy place around here. It right. really was.
0: With Shannon and in her history that we'd learned about her, of all of her neighbors and being kind of out, that was her pretty. That was pretty normal for her. And some people were very concerned. Like they knew, they just kind of knew something was wrong. And then there was a lot of people that were just kind of early. You know, she could just forgot to tell her mom she was going to spend the night. Um, it's just striking to me. And it seems like the people that knew her the best knew something was wrong.
1: Mm-hmm. Like I said, Shannon was, I guess, the best terminology to use as a social butterfly around here. She knew everybody, really. Everybody knew Shannon. And I read an article that some days that she would go, would be going in somebody's house that she was good friends with or whatever, be sitting there waiting on them when they got home.
0: Right. And if
1: she visited with somebody, she'd go and get, uh, like, something to drink or something to eat or whatever. I mean, I guess people thought it's Shannon being Shannon, you know. Mm -hmm. But like any kid, they're going to be home sometime or when the lights came on. You could see she was everywhere, Males. I mean, she was everywhere.
0: Right. What was the search like in those weeks after the 16th.
1: Okay, uh, behind over here, and at, well, they, of course, they had everybody and their brother going in and out between mobile homes. Mm-hmm. But the uh, from behind Astros, there is a creek, and there's some woods, okay? Mm-hmm. And they had, uh, I think it was a Togarty County Rescue mm-hmm. running up and down that creek on uh, four-wheelers. I think it was them, or it might have been somebody else, but I'm almost positive it was them. They used the um, bus stop as a staging station, and they were people were going out walking into the woods looking for Shannon.
0: Okay. And
1: everybody kept trying. Some folks said, she ain't there. She ain't there.
0: Right.
1: But, you know, I would have come quicker of thinking that maybe she slipped and hit her head in the creek. Yeah. But not in the woods. I mm-hmm. mean, but I was one of the few, the one of them that said, she's not in no the woods there. You know, what do I know? <laughs> I just live here. I mean, it was pretty intense there for a while. And then I go out the back door, and there's this big old German Shepherd. I'm like, well, Lord, where'd you come from? You know. <laughs> and it was the FBI with their dog. Ah. And I said, oh, it was hot as 80s out there too, buddy. And I said, can I get your dog some water? Oh. And they said, no, they just gave him some water. I said, okay. Mm-hmm. but uh, And they asked me a few questions. And before I could get out my description, they just blew it off. So they had already had the other description in my mind, and they didn't want to listen to what I had to say there, so that's fine. So.
0: Mm, Tunnel vision.
1: Tunnel vision, yeah, but insane. But there seems like there was a a lot of folks with tunnel vision and blinders on, really and truly, more than just one person. There's still, and there's still people with tunnel vision. Take those off and look with their eyes wide open. I promise you they're going to remember something.
0: You know, and that's the thing, it seems like they did so, they focused so early, and it still seems like it's hard to get people to come away from looking at anything but the sketch, or anything but a couple people, you know, Uh suspects. Usually, there comes a time in in an investigation where you need to reframe it. That's actually Mm -hmm. what they call it. And I think it's time that we do that, too, in our limited Uh capacity, because, you know, we need to know our role. All I can do is trust that the prosecutor was telling the truth when he said that the sketch was discounted. It did not happen on that day.
1: Well, this is my thought. And he's probably going to get pissed at me if he's listening to this podcast. But this is my thought. If they don't think they saw that till uh, the like the day before, mm-hmm. but where is this man now?
0: Yeah, why didn't he come forward?
1: Because, I mean, they could have seen, seen him, say, on the 15th, and then Shannon saw him on the 16th, and they didn't. So my right. point is, where is this man now? You know, I had talked to a private investigator who's a friend of mine, and I re- talked to a reporter or two that are a friend of mine's, and plus a police officer, a couple of police officers out of Montgomery at the time that were friends of mine about because there was just something very disturbing about the sketch to me. And I yeah, think it think? was the the mole with the two hairs coming out. I said, man, they had to be up close and personal to see that. Right. But, uh, and, and, that part just really, really wrecked my mind. I just could not grab my head around that. I don't know. And then they had this other scruffy looking guy. I thought, now, dude, that could be anybody this day and time. Well, and then they so had the, the Jeep and they had the car with a rope tag. I, where is all this stuff? Where, I mean, nobody, no one has brought it up, male. You know, where is this man? If this, if these kids saw this man day before, or two days before, shouldn't we be looking for this person? Did he actually come back? You know, it but is that sketch actually accurate? What is it? You see what I'm saying?
0: Well, I mean, they say no. They say yeah. that it didn't happen and and I'm sorry, but I'm having trouble it's unreasonable the two cars. You you can't drive two right. cars. So there's already Well that's a little... I
1: think that's in lies excuse me for interrupting, but I think therein lies the second person. The one that looks scraggly, the scraggly looking one, you know what I'm talking about?
0: Well, if you zoom in on that one, it still has the two mole hairs that are, are on it in the mole, and it reaches all the way oh. over to his nose. So I think it is a different depiction of the same mm-hmm. person. I don't think it's two.
1: Yeah, okay. But, you know, we'll see the one vehicle could have belonged to somebody that lived back here on Astros. Yeah. You know, and then somebody somewhere around in here, we're talking about a blonde headed man with a ponytail. Well I've done trace that person down and found out who that is. So I mean.
0: Right. Yeah, I found that in one article and it just said that at, like they had thought that the last person to see Shannon was around noon and uh-huh. then they'd come to find out, no, that she was seen with a person with a blonde ponytail and they would not say whether it was a man or woman, but there's only one mention of it uh,
1: so. i know that's what makes it so bizarre and that's what makes this this whole deal with shannon so bizarre and so perplexing is that there there is so much mm-hmm. that has been fed into it like i think the da even said that they've had so many tips that has been biggest part of the problem but they they haven't chased right. down every one of them and mm-hmm. it's it's just like to give you a good example it's just like taking a a, a seed and throwing it out in your yard, and the next thing you got one twig of grass, and then the next day you come out and you got 30. So yeah. it's just like that. I mean, each little one, it keeps growing and multiplying and multiplying. And so that's what's happened, and, and a lot of it is is polluting the waters because mm-hmm. you've taken, say, the water, and you've got all these dirty plants in there, and you've got to dig all that out, dig all that out, and unpoison the, the pond in order to see clarity. That's my thought. I mean, it really is, and some people they they're right to not believe what I'm saying, uh, but that's my thought.
0: Yeah, and I mean, even um Detective Furlong, who was lead investigator on her case at that time, professionally so, but he got a little salty with uh, the community for the rumors yes, he did. for the rumor mill. It's like you're, you know, this is wasting our time, and we need to find this little girl.
1: Yes, he did get salty, and as a matter of fact, I do know Furlong. Oh,
0: really? <laughs> of course you do. <laughs>
1: so, but uh, let's go back. Can we step back for just a minute? Speaking of police officers, sure. About the that she left the day she was disappeared. You know, there was a big rumor. Here we go with rumor mills again. That the police officers had told them that told the family that that they couldn't do anything for forty eight hours. Wrong. That didn't happen. And it just so happens. Guess who I used to work with. One of the police officers, the police officers that responded.
0: Oh. And I said,
1: man. And he said, they're still talking about that. And mm. I said, yeah. He said, oh, Lord. And I, one of his buddies was there and he said, man, they're still talking about that. He said, I was investigated up one side and down the other. That did not happen. I mm. said, I believe you. But I mean, that's how, that's how I'm saying, that's what I'm saying, trying to make everybody understand mm-hmm. the rumors and the falsehoods. It inhibited a lot of stuff, right. and yeah. I can see where Furlong did get salty, and I can understand mm-hmm. why, sir, uh, why he got mad. And I to clarify real
0: it. quick, though, let's clarify. The rumor was that they told the family that they, they couldn't come and investigate for 48 hours. That was the they rumor. Were,
1: they were supposedly at the punk's house, mm-hmm. and they said, I had taken her for it. We can't do anything for 48 hours. Yeah, and that's what the rumor had it. I mean, that was all over the neighborhood, all over the neighborhood.
0: But they did so, actually leave. But it that no, was not. But what the they intent. did leave,
1: but to go to a call I, from what I understand. And it was a uh, whole incident there was passed off to other police officers.
0: And the chief and the mayor got involved that night. Correct. You know? And I, I really do. I, I don't. I think that they did. They took this seriously, and they. Did a very extensive search. Why do you think that they focused really just around Prattville instead of in Candlestick more so than venturing out past that to look in other places?
1: Uh, as for the perpetrator or for Shannon?
0: The search for Shannon, yeah. Uh.
1: Well, because I mean, you've got to look at it. We got a creek that runs back there, and we got a whole bunch of woods. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's what they were thinking initially. It's like you know, you're supposed to the an investigation. You're supposed to go inside out, not outside in. And so I'm thinking, oh, well, okay, look, let's look around here. And see if we can have case in point. We had another cad that disappeared here, but guess what? It wasn't nothing happened to him. He got mad at his grandmother. And so he decided he's going to run away and stay away. And uh, we had everybody and their brother searching for this kid. And right. he was hiding, guess where? In the woods.
0: Oh, yeah. And
1: the second time, he's hiding up under their house. So
0: Did that you know, happen it, before Shannon or a, after? Huh? Was that before or after Shannon?
1: It's after Shannon. Okay. So, I mean, it's I, I can understand them looking around here. I would have, too. Because, I mean, you've got mobile homes. And and you could get up under them and hide and do this. And, and
0: mm-hmm. there
1: was, uh like you got down here in the, uh, at the end of my place, there's a castle. And kids used to go down in there and play. Mm. So you look down in there, you got County Road 4 down this way, too. And, mm. I mean, there's all kind of stuff in there where a kid could get, a wandering kid could fall and hurt herself and, right. you know, can't call for help. So I can understand that.
0: Okay, so... Timeline. Whew.
1: Are you going to talk to me about that dang walker?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to bring the walker up. I'm about to bring it up. So you know that area best, and you can look at it right now. Mm-hmm. What I sure fits can. and what doesn't? Is there anything that sticks out? Did you? Oh, did you know Miss Mary?
1: Yes, I did. Not as well as other people did, mm-hmm. but I knew her, and she was the most kindest, sweetest, loving lady you'd ever want to meet.
0: Really. Mm-hmm. The Walker, I mean, we still don't know where she picked it up, and I guess it's whatever. No one wants to talk about it. I, d- I don't get it. It makes it it's irritating because it's just little things like that that okay, it must be clear. okay, up, let's but... do this.
1: Mm. Let's do this. Let me sort of uh, people out there that doesn't know what the lay of the land looks like. Mhm. And while we discover, just discuss this, I, I want to sort of describe things in a layman's term that maybe everybody can understand. Sounds if great. If you don't mind.
0: Go right ahead. That sounds All right.
1: great. R- imagine a, wa- a clock. Okay. Miss Green lives in the six o'clock position. Then you move it around the clock. And in the one o'clock position at Dodgers and Giants is Halloween Man. Shift. To the left a little bit, go straight up Dodgers, okay? And then when you're going up Dodgers, then you run into Mets, which is on the left. Mm-hmm. And Metz and, Do- and Dodgers is Root Beer Man. And then right there on Dodgers, you've got the deputy. And mm-hmm. then up a little bit more on the right, you've got the lady that found the, the walker. Mm-hmm. Then across the street at um, Dodgers and Expos is where you've got the police officer and then when you turn left on the expos, there's Shannon's house. Well back and back down, if you because you gotta go turn around and come back out. There's only one way out. So you're coming back out and you're coming right past Rubier Man's house again and Mets, but right as you're bearing round to the right going around the pond, say in the nine o'clock position, there is Reds, another uh, friend of Shannon's left. Mm-hmm. So and then you just keep bearing to the right and you go right on out. So that's how that is. Mm. But see, th- this this is what I've been told, and this is reason I just you know every day you you bring that walker up to me, and I just start banging my head up against oh, <laughs> but this dang walker, dang. Anyway, this all right. This is what I have researched, and I've managed to put pieces of the puzzle together. You might can fill in some blanks, and maybe somebody out there listening, please fill in some blanks. Please, please, please.
0: Right.
1: Uh, I, I want to know where she got the walker from. Right. No one is saying. Come on. If you're afraid to say it's not going to hurt. No one's going to hurt you. No one's going to hurt you. And if you're afraid to talk to, say, uh, Jane Doe over there, well, don't talk to her. Contact me. You can message me or mm-hmm. message, uh, mail. Right. I mean, and I promise you, I promise you, if you want it kept confidential, it will be kept confidential. It will be, I promise you. But anyway, Shannon showed up at this little girl's house on Reds about 7.30 in the morning. I know this because I've confirmed this. And Shannon had the walker. Now, she asked the little girl if she could come out and play. She said, no, I've got to go on my dad to to, uh, go get his car fixed or something. And so Shannon went on about her way, and the little girl went on with her dad. Mm -hmm. So then she gets back a little after nine. And so she goes over to Shannon Pop's house to see if Shannon is there. Lisa says no, she's not here. So this little girl comes back home. Still no sign of Shannon Pop. Now, where was Shannon? Where was Shannon during that period of time? Where was she from seven thirty to nine thirty? Where? 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 And then you go around somehow or another. She's at Miss Green's house at noon, a little bit before noon. Miss Green said she had to go to a doctor's appointment. Then the little girl Shannon goes up. Remember me telling you about Halloween Man? There, Dodgers.
0: Before I forget, you said just a second ago. You said deputy and yeah. PD. There
1: was a yeah. There's a deputy that lives on Dodgers. Really? Across from Root Beer Man. Yeah.
0: So on the road that we are assuming, you know, this is just an assumption based on reasonable. You're you're so you're telling me that there was a deputy and a PD officer that lived on the road that. Shannon is presumed to have gone missing from where the Walker was. Yes. Yes. Well, I'll tell you what, that's one brazen son of a bitch.
1: <laughs> yes, I will agree with you.
0: I was wondering if you might join me because we still have a lot to talk about. We haven't even talked about the crime scene. Do a part two of this episode and mm-hmm. talk about a little bit more of those things that are difficult but important.
1: Yes, part two. And if anybody's listening there, if they have any questions they want to ask me, put it in the chat.
0: Right. Do you have any of your good sayings that you could uh, send us off with tonight?
1: Yeah, I'm going to go by the song. Eyes wide open.
0: (laughs) Eyes wide open.
1: That's what we need to put on the end of this cast. Eyes wide open.
0: Well, I was thinking more of like, do you have a paddle with a boat or a boat with a paddle? Are you up a creek with no paddle or a boat?
1: You're up a creek without a paddle. Is that what you're talking about? (laughs) Yeah.
0: Give me one of them, (laughs) Alabama. (laughs) <laughs> Give me one of them Alabama sayings.
1: <laughs> oh, Roll Tide.
0: Roll Tide. All right. Roll Tide.
1: That was my dog saying
0: Roll Tide. Aw, that's so cute. Well, we're going to Roll Tide on out, and we okay. will pick up next episode. Okay. Thank you so much for talking to me. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. You have a good one. Mm, bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Cold Truth. Please share, like, subscribe, rate, heart, star, follow, and all the other buttons I forgot. Jeez. If you have time for an interview or have a tip, please email me at coldtruthpodcast at gmail.com. And remember, there is a child killer still out there somewhere. Don't let another day go by without turning in your tip to the proper authorities. I'll give you a second to grab a pen and a paper. You can call the secret witness line for Prattville PD at three three four five nine five zero two five nine. 595- 0259. You can also call Detective Sergeant Tom Allen, Prattville PD at 334- Five nine five zero two five six, or you can email him at tom.allen at p-r-a-t-t-v-i-l-l-e-a-l dot g-o-v As soon as I hear back from the investigator with the Alabama Bureau of Investigation, I will hopefully have a direct contact to add here, but for now, straight from the Attorney General's Office website, to which Shannon is among the 12 cases featured on the site. Three are pending, as of now. That gives me hope that Shannon's will soon state pending as well. Quote, the Office of Attorney General has set up a telephone number and email address to receive citizen's tips That could help bring justice and solve cases that have gone years without being solved. People who may have evidence or clues about cold cases, sexual assaults, and murder are encouraged to call or email the Attorney General's office and share this information. Cold Case Toll Free Hotline 866 419 1236. Cold Case Email cold case tips at alabamaag.gov please note in order for the office to follow up on any information submitted you must leave accurate contact information end quote the candlelight vigil for shannon is fastly approaching i am so glad to be able to attend this event and spend some time in prattville I plan to go live during the event on YouTube for those that cannot make it. Please subscribe to Cold Truth and be looking for the lives while I'm in town. The link is in the description. I'd like to thank the Justice for Shannon Facebook group and page followers, the community, Bama Mike for his video on YouTube, Mayor at the time of Shannon's disappearance, Jim Beard, who answered my Twitter saying he plans to attend, along with Mayor Gillespie, who is the present mayor of Prattville, who also plans to attend, and Shannon's family. I cannot wait to see your guys' face in person. Well, at least half of it anyway. Which reminds me, the governor of Alabama has extended the mandatory masks. We will have some available, if you forget yours, along with hand sanitizer. Please bring a blanket or chair and join us for some live music and speakers, candlelight vigil, followed by 19 lanterns sent heavenward in remembrance of Shannon. This event will start at 6 p.m. at Pratt Park Amphitheater area, 460 Doster Road, Prattville, Alabama, 36067, where we have plenty of room to stay six feet apart from strangers. See you on the 16th, but for now...